You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome, welcome. Uh, You're listening to On Point with Victor. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. Uh, It's great, great to be back here another week. Um, So much, so much to talk about. And uh, I got to tell you, bear with me today. I literally just landed back from Las Vegas. I took the red eye back. Uh, because, you know, not, not, nothing's gonna keep me from doing this radio show. It is too much fun and, and, uh, there's no better, uh, way to get a good, uh, jolt of adrenaline than to, uh, do a radio show. So, uh, jet lag be damned. Uh, but thanks again for tuning in, guys. You're listening to America's Web Radio. Again, I am Victor Armendariz and this is On Point with Victor. Uh, I, there's so many directions that we could go into today. Um, so, uh, brace yourself. Um, uh, and, and, and just like, uh, always with my show, you're going to be inundated with, uh, common sense and with logic. Two words the Hippocrat party does not like. Uh, you know what? If they could ban those words, I'm sure they would. Uh, they're already, you know, they, they got an assault going on for the Second Amendment and they, they're always assaulting the First Amendment. Uh, just take a look at your local liberal college and, uh, see how many times they try to shut down a speaker. Uh, so that uh, clearly is a open violation of the First Amendment, which apparently the left doesn't mind these days. So where do we start? Um, you know, I, I, I mentioned the, the Hippocrat Party. And look, if, if, you're, if you're a Democrat voter today, I, I'm not calling all of you hypocrites. But today's Democrat Party, the Washington establishment, uh, they, they fit the bill very well. It is the Hippocrat Party. And I, they, I don't even have to go through the litany of things I can go through to, uh, to prove my point. Um, but just take a look at the, uh, oh, I don't know, the 101 uh, people running for the Democrat nomination. Uh, as, of, as of yesterday, I believe that we're over 100. You know, it, this race is going to be hilarious. Um, so, but now, but we've got at least 20 plus that are running for the nomination, and every one of them is a socialist. And don't doubt me on this. But you got to remember, when the clown car door opens, you never know how many clowns are going to come out and when they'll be done. And that is a proper analogy. You know, uh, that is uh, the voice of Roger Bihar. And some of you are probably wondering, again, he's going to sit with you and co-host? Yeah, you know, I like to live on the wild side. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that thing I call, I mentioned before, adrenaline. Well, you know, you take chances when you bring somebody in like Roger. <laughs> I'll try and behave myself. Of course, I did say try. <laughs> the problem is, Roger, and, and those those are the listeners out there that have heard us already, they kind of know that it's kind of dangerous when you and I get together and uh, let loose on the radio. But uh, we'll, we will be on our best behavior today, uh, as, as we always are. Speak for yourself. Sort of. <laughs> so, so anyway... Look, there's there's plenty of uh, as Roger put clown put it as clowns coming out of the clown car. Uh, every one of us is a socialist, and if you don't believe me, listen to what they're saying. Uh, every one of these candidates, every time they get in front of the media, has some type of new socialist program or socialist 
uh, utopia dream that they want to talk about. They are in a race to see who can out-socialist the other. Uh, and that, that's this is a dangerous, dangerous road to go down. And the funny part is, is now, look, Biden's getting in this race. And he, um, you know, he's trying to draw it out and trying to build up a big, big, uh, kind of excitement for him because he's he you know beto about outdone all of them and and we'll talk about him o'rourke fake hispanic uh but biden's going to get in this thing and the funny thing is to watch the democrats watch the establishment the 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 old guard watch the old guard try to rally behind biden and call him the centrist they'll call him the moderate and they'll try and convince you of this well look all you have to do is go look up uh, over the weekend Biden was uh, given a speech, uh, and again, he's trying to get his name up there, uh, and he said he was the most leftist, progressive guy to, to that would be running for president. So just listen to his own words, and, and of course, all you have to do is look at his history uh, in, the, in the Congress and the Senate and uh, multiple times running for president and, uh, and being uh, vice president for eight years. Uh, the guy is no centrist. The guy is no moderate. No one in the Democrat Party today is moderate. If they are, they're they're getting run out of the party. Um, so you've got that. You got uh, O'Rourke, and you know this guy just really, really chaps me the wrong way. Um, as many of you know, I am of Hispanic origin, and it downright offends me. Uh, Roger, I am going to be a millennial today, and I'm going to be offended <laughs> because <laughs> Beto runs around with – his name's not even Beto. It's Robert O'Rourke. Robert Francis O'Rourke. Robert Francis O'Rourke. And this guy runs around and, and uh, uses Beto because he's in Texas, and he used Beto to run against Ted Cruz because – uh, he wants you to think he's Hispanic, and now he's running for president, and he's going to run around this country trying to convince people that he's Hispanic. Uh, it's it's just like uh, fake news. Now we got a fake Hispanic in the race. Oh, but wait, wait. There's more to Beto O'Rourke. Excellent. His name, Robert Francis O'Rourke, is the name that's used on his arrest record. <laughs> yeah, you know. If you look, in 1995, he was arrested for burglary. He had a burglary charge against him. In 98, he had a DUI. Mm-hmm. Then in 2006, he had an eminent domain ethics violation filed against him, a complaint there. You know, it's it's never ends with these guys. Yeah, there, again, there's more. Let's go. 2013, <laughs> he admitted to illegal Twitter stock buying. Mm-hmm. And then in 2018, hey. he has FEC charges against illegal campaign contributions. You know, you left out a big one. Did you hear about the, mm-hmm. uh, the little... Uh, stories that he wrote back in, uh, I guess it was his late teenage years. That was art. I mean, you know, to each his own. I don't know. But the thing that's funny <laughs> that's is... That's what you want to call it. They were uh, they were beating on Kavanaugh for something that happened mm-hmm. in 1980, but there's no proof, no evidence, no witnesses. Here, there's a state arrest record, but he's okay because he's a Democrat. Well, I mean, you hit it there on the nail, the, the nail on the head there, Roger. Um O'Rourke is a Democrat, and we've got all these things coming out in undeniable proof of uh, these, let's just say, bad decisions that he made uh, through his life, and yet that's going to be overlooked. Uh, And then we had a guy like uh, Kavanaugh who had an impeccable record. And no, no collaborated evidence on any of the accusations leveled against him, but we were supposed to believe the allegations and not 
the evidence that wasn't there. And with O'Rourke, we're supposed to just turn a blind eye to the evidence that's clearly smacking everyone in the face. But, you know. You mean the state arrest records? Exactly, the state arrest records. Those are government records, folks. Um, But look, this is what we're going to have to deal with for this presidential cycle. Um, like I said, there's over 20 already. There's going to be more. And, uh, and I will tell you right now, if you think Hillary Clinton is not getting in this race, then you are sadly mistaking, mistaken and kidding yourself. Um, Hillary Clinton's going to get in this race. Uh, I, I just, I, there's no way she's not going to be in this race. So be prepared for that because she's going to let these, uh, all these other candidates, Get out there, get some tailwind, and then she's going to kind of she's going to try to come in here at the end and be that so-called moderate. Uh, Just don't be fooled by it. But I don't think the Democrat Party is going to welcome her at all. I don't (laughs) think she'll have time between her FBI uh, investigation and the other uh, problems she's going to have trying to defend herself legally. Now that one of her aides has come out and said. Mm They conspired to keep her out of trouble during her first election. Well, I'll tell you, not only only one of her aides, um, Lisa Page, the uh, lawyer for the FBI that was, uh, you know, running around with uh, the uh, FBI agent Stroke, Peter Stroke, Stroke Page, you know, that, 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 those two. uh, She has, uh, in in some of the interviews that she did with uh, closed door interviews, uh, now that's starting to come out, and she also said that they there was a collaborated, uh, well-planned uh, mission to protect Hillary. So there's a lot of stuff coming out, and you're not going to hear it. You're not going to hear it on CNN. You're not going to hear it on MSNBC or ABC or CBS or NBC. You're not going to hear it on any of the lamestream media. But this is out there, and uh, and hopefully it will come out. Hopefully the new attorney general will will do what he needs to do. His duty. He should uh, just put enact a, another special counsel, and that special counsel ought to really look at what the crimes that happened because there are plenty of crimes uh, that happened, uh, and and Hillary's behind them. And look, it, it doesn't matter if you like her or not. No one should be above the law in this country, and we shouldn't have a two tiered justice system. And right now we do. There's a justice system tier for you, the peasant class, which would be all of us, we the people. And then there's the judicial tier for the elitist, the political elitist. And that can't be allowed. Um, so if ever there was an example that needs, that needs to be set, it needs to be this. And this isn't – and I'm not sitting here saying just because I don't like Hillary or I wasn't a fan or I didn't vote for her that we need to investigate her. No, we need to investigate her because there's crime after crime after crime that she committed. She's admitted to committing crimes. But I think Comey said, oh, it was just an oversight yeah. So if well, I was going 80 in a 55, could I just say oh, it yeah, was an oversight? Just an oversight. Oh, my goodness. You know, we could do a whole show on this and, and relitigate this whole business with Hillary. And I'm not going to go down that road right now. But just just be on the lookout. And, you know, Roger, the, the other thing, and, and ladies and gentlemen, one of the reasons I think that Hillary will get in this race is if the Attorney General Barr – does his duty, and they do start the investigations, she's going to run and uh, put her hat in the ring for presidency so she can say, they're just coming after me because I'm running for president. Just to avoid prosecution. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, I was driving the other day, and I got pulled over by a police officer, and he said, didn't you see that that light was red? And I said, officer, it's 2019. I don't see color. I don't discriminate by color. <laughs> that's right. I mean, that's what we're told on a daily basis not to do. <laughs> of course... You know, that's a whole other topic to get into. You know, the Democrats love to run around and, and 
talk about uh, call the Republicans racist when the only party in this country right now that does everything on the basis of uh, color or on the basis of where you stand in society or on the basis of where you're from or on the basis of how you look, I mean, pure, pure identity politics, that is your hypocrite party. And and look, I don't say the hypocrite party just for the heck of it. They earn it. They earn it every day. So, I, I mean, it's just it, – it's they're so if, – if you just take off the lens and, and, and look at – this party for what they are. And look, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not letting the Republicans off the hook. Um, I have a big problem with a lot of the establishment Republicans as well. Those of you who listen to this show know me well enough to know that I will not sit by in this chair behind this microphone and let any establishment Republican off the hook. Um, there are just as many establishment Republican open border lovers than there are in the uh, Democrat Party. So we have an issue here. Um, you know what's funny about that? A Mexican in Mexico has to show ID in order to vote. <laughs> but if he wants to vote without showing ID, he has to come here to do that. So, you know, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that. Um, those of you who don't know, my background is Hispanic. I am uh, Mexican descent. I actually am a citizen, dual citizen. I'm a citizen of the United States, of course, and I'm a citizen of Mexico. So I can vote in both elections. And, Roger, not only do I have to have an ID, I have to have a federal ID card from Mexico, a federal voter's card um, from Mexico so I can vote. And so I can not I can go here and vote for the president of Mexico, but I can't do it without an ID. But here you right. need you need a library card to go to the library, but you mm-hmm. can vote without anything. So yeah, so so let me just reiterate that I can go and vote for the president of Mexico because I'm a citizen of Mexico, but I can't do it without a a some form of government ID. But yet there are states in this country where you're if you are required to use an ID, you're called a racist. So I mean that just that, that doesn't make. A bit of sense. Oh, come on. The Democrats are all against foreign intervention in our elections, but yet they want foreigners to come here and vote in our everyday elections. I don't quite understand that. This was going on before the Russians came here to vote. Well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because this open borders business, you know, the Democrats want to blame Russia and everyone else for losing the 2016 election, but yet they're perfectly fine with allowing millions and millions of illegal border crossers to come over. And not only that, now they are advocating for them to be allowed to vote. So they're not even trying to hide it anymore. So think about that. If you're out there and and you're hardworking every day and your vote means something to you, which it should. Your vote should mean something to to everyone. Um, The Democrat Party is advocating letting illegals vote. I mean, this is something that's just... It's one of the most asinine things I've ever heard. Well, the, well, their new slogan ought to be taken straight from Toy Story to insanity and beyond. <laughs> you know, that's about the truth. That maybe the uh, Hippocrat Party needs a new a new uh, slogan, and then maybe you know, Roger, we might have to do a segment where we can come up with some slogans for the uh, 2020 Democrat uh, presidential race, or well, the presidential race for 2020, and then have some slogans for the Democrat Party. I just want people to know that when it comes to socialism. You can vote your way into it, but you're going to have to fight your way out. And that's history shows. That history will show. Uh, so, look, ladies and gentlemen, hold tight. Uh, look, I'm probably about to fall asleep and fall out of this chair, but don't you worry. We'll be, we will be right back after this uh, short break. You're listening to America's Web Radio.
Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is around town movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around town movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, around town movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's around town movers. Call them. This is David Donaldson with the Atlanta Healing Center, conveniently located in Lawrenceville, Georgia. At AHC, your success is our goal. Addiction recovery is about more than just not using. It's about becoming a whole person and addressing all aspects of your physical, psychological, and social needs. Please call us at 770-696-9862, or you can reach us on the web at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to On Point with Victor. This is America's Web Radio. Uh, look, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to get fired up here, and, and even, even though I landed just a few hours ago. You know, that's what your host does for you. <laughs> so, Roger, I'm going to pat myself on the back. Roger's laughing at me, ladies Yay. and gentlemen. Yay! Um, he flew all hey. the way from Vegas, and boy, are his arms tired. <laughs> yes, they are, and my legs. <laughs> no. Um, look, folks, if you want to uh, see this madness that's going on and uh, see our faces for radio, uh, you can do so, uh, americaswebradio.com. Uh, you, you, if you're tuned in already, you're listening to the little radio, but if you scroll down, you can actually watch. You can click on the link and watch uh, the show live. Um, oh, the horror. <laughs> yeah. And you can see this madness that's going on. And today it is madness because I am running on uh, practically no sleep. You um, know, speaking of madness, I just have to bring this up real quick. All right. This was a crazy thing I ran across. Apparently a cow had escaped from a farm or a barn or some sort of enclosure in a small town near Indianapolis. So the police, in pursuit of this cow... They figure they have them stopped at a major road. The cow stops. The police start approaching. The cow runs across the street into the parking lot of a Chick-fil-A and stands there and waits. Safe zone. <laughs> I guess he, he must have been a millennial cow. Maybe he saw the commercials of Chick-fil-A and thought, this must be a safe space for someone like me. <laughs> now we have millennial cows. Uh, I wonder if we're going to have entitlement cows, which they're calling the E generation now. Boy, we could, that's a whole other topic there. But, uh, so look, just, just to wrap up what we were talking about in the first segment, um, look, they're, they're, the, the Democrat party today is the Socialist Party. They're not even hiding it anymore. So if you're a Democrat voter out there and you're a Democrat that's listening to me, please, you've got to divorce the D. Um, um, hashtag it. Hashtag divorce the D. Hashtag walk away. You cannot support these guys unless you want this country to go down that rabbit hole of socialism. And trust me, it sounds good. It looks pretty on paper, but it isn't going to happen. And you're not going to like it. And just look to Venezuela. And the Democrats can't stand it when those of us who have uh, common sense will bring up 
Venezuela because that's their precious utopia going down the drain in front of everybody on live TV every day. And they don't even want to talk about it. They don't want to acknowledge it. And the reason that is is because they don't want the American people to see the veil of true uh, socialism. Um, I, I mean, it's it's nuts. So I, I see I see Roger looking at me. Roger, well, let's see. Let's let's look at a little timeline of Venezuela to see how things progressed. Mm, I love okay. timelines. 2012, Venezuelans lose the right to keep and bear firearms. Mm. And and keep in mind, before 2012, Venezuela was one of the most not just a beautiful place, but a rich country. Uh, they were Oil, far ahead of their neighbors. Yeah, labor. They had it all. They were far ahead of their neighbors. Let's put it that way. Four years later, 2016, Venezuelans learned how to eat cats and dogs to keep from starving. <laughs> and that goes on. And if you just look at the history of socialism. And then 2019, Venezuelans are fired upon by their own soldiers to keep them from receiving humanitarian aid. Oh. And not only that, Roger, they have um, motorcycle goons. Uh, basically, Venezuela's version of the brown shirts uh, from back in uh, back in that time, you know, uh, Hitler days. Uh, these guys are riding around Venezuela. They were they are on behalf of the government. They're on motorcycles with guns, and they basically go and force people into. Uh, let's just say forced agreement when when the people have the dare to to stand up for themselves. And Roger, as you mentioned, in 2012, they took away the guns. Well, it's like our amendments here. The only reason the First Amendment still exists to some extent is because mm-hmm. of the Second Amendment. Exactly, and, and that can't be denied. And boy, we'll we'll that's another show that we'll do is, is some Constitution shows because. It's just not taught in schools, and uh, boy, the education thing. You know, ladies and gentlemen, next tune in next week because we're going to have another another segment on education, talking about the uh, the the student loan debt and what's the real cause of that, and and why that that has kind of been the the plan all along. And uh, we'll get into that next week. Well, yeah, but, you got to uh, realize the, the colonists did not establish the Second Amendment, or the New Americans didn't establish the Second Amendment because the deer were attacking. <laughs> this is true. They always talk about hunting rights. It's mm-hmm. like the Second Amendment has nothing to do with hunting. Well, doesn't it? Doesn't it always amaze, or it should amaze you, that the Democrats can come after, come up with restriction after restriction after restriction that should be put on the Second Amendment, but yet. None of the other amendments, those can't be touched, especially when they favor whatever the Democrat cause is of the day. I guess shall not be infringed does not mean what they think it means. Look, today's Democrat Party, they have no idea what that phrase means. And unfortunately, they're just not teaching proper history in school. They don't teach proper American government in school. It's, It's a lot of revisionist common core junk. But, and they're you know. actually, you know, and you see it now. People are trying to restrict free speech. Mm-hmm. You know, well, you, you see want, it in colleges every day. If you want to get attacked, wear a MAGA hat. That's all it takes. <laughs> yeah, well, you, know, you go, yeah. you go with uh, President Trump on almost anything, and you're a race, racist, a bigot, a, a Islamophobe. Yep. But let me ask you this: If you say something that might be offensive, but there's no liberal around to hear you. Are you still a racist? You know what, Roger? In their in their opinion, one hundred percent. I mean, <laughs> we can't look. They call me a brown racist. I've been called a 
I can't even remember all the things I've been called, but, uh, you know, if you stray off the plantation, if you stray off that Democrat plantation, they will come after you. And I've learned it because uh, the, the latest plantation of the Democrats is the Hispanic plantation. They've completely taken advantage of the black plantation, the Democrat black plantation. They they have their voters gathered around and and they don't think for themselves anymore and 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 some of you sitting out there going i can't believe he just said that well yeah i said it we have too many people in this country who don't value their vote enough to do research and to actually see that the years and years of the same vote voting for the same party is actually hurting them and the same thing is now they're trying to do with the hispanic population and 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 you're darn right that that pretty much fires me up and and we can even say the jewish plantation and you got to realize it's, it's, anybody who fought for the right to vote and then is told you're only allowed to vote one way, that yeah. doesn't seem like much of a choice. Exactly. It's not a choice at all. So, so look, I, you know, we I, I could – good boy. We could sit here all day and, and, and just really, really rail against uh, today's Democrat Party. And look, it's not the party of Kennedy. And I know some of you old Democrats out there, you're good people and you have good intentions. And, and I understand that. But today's party does not have your good intentions at mind. Uh, they will look at you in the face and while they're running and tell you certain things that they think you want to hear. But just look at the way they're voting. Um, you know, I, I'm all about the people. I keep telling you guys, don't be married to a D, don't be married to an R. Uh, you, you've got to just look at policy and look at the people that you're sending into Washington. Are they doing the job of getting out of the way of the American people? That's the key. Uh, I'm all about the people. I'm about policies that get the federal bureaucracy out of the way so we the people can flourish. Because when we the people flourish, everybody flourishes. I'm sure you've all heard the tale of the rising tide, rising boats. If you haven't, think about it. A rising tide is going to raise all boats. That's absolutely how things have worked over the years in a free market society and that's why the united states has lifted more people out of poverty than any nation country any people in the world uh, and that cannot be disputed uh, you can find any academic on any college they're not going to be able to beat my argument uh, they're not going to like it and they'll call me names but they won't beat my argument so so what what we're about and what we should be about is independence freedom and liberty that's what we need to be about independence freedom and liberty that should be the quest the daily quest uh but if you listen to today's hypocrite party they're gonna they want dependence they want division they want uh, just oh they do you know think about it democrats mm-hmm. want to divide everybody up black white male yeah. female old young Absolutely. democrat Republican, gay, straight. <laughs> Anytime they can keep people fighting amongst themselves, it keeps people from looking mm-hmm. at the government itself. And you got to realize these people in the government, they're not rulers. They're well, representatives. They're, they're supposed, supposed to represent to the people who mm-hmm. vote for them. They're supposed they put themselves to be. on a pedestal. Yeah, they're supposed to be representatives. And, and now we have a political class that I call the elite class. And you're absolutely right. They, uh, they're, and just look at what's been going on the past two years. Oh, gosh, more than that, but especially the last two years, where the elitists have put themselves in one judicial tier, and then everyone else has to be on the other judicial tier. Um, 
It's crazy. It's crazy. And the Democrats are perfectly happy with shared misery as long as they're not sharing it. And and there are some establishment Republicans you can throw in there, too. The Washington elitists will never share the misery of you, the people, or we, the people. And and you can look at history. Every socialist – look at the socialist country right now. Look at Venezuela. I'm going to go back to Venezuela. Those people are dying in the streets. They're starving in the streets. They're going to the sewers to try and get drinking water. But have you seen Maduro? He's nice, plump, and fat. Where Where is he getting his food? So think about that for a minute. So look, time's flying by. We're going to go to our next break. You guys hold on tight. We're going to be right back, and we're going to get into the topic rundown, and then we're going to get into a fun uh, segment. Uh, called uh, What You Won't Hear in the Lamestream Media. So hold on tight. You're listening to America's Web Radio. We'll be right back. Quick Stakes, that's Q-U-I-K Stakes, are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quickstake.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of Quick Stakes. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's Quick Stakes, Q-U-I-K Stakes, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is On Point with Victor. You are listening to America's Web Radio. Uh, I am your host, Victor Armendariz. Uh, look, look me up. Uh, I love to hear from you guys. Uh, we've got some new listeners tuned in this week, so let me take a moment to thank the new listeners. Uh, I am so humbled every week when we keep adding listeners. It's just, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's great. And I love it. Um, so again, thanks so much for, for my return listeners. Thanks so much for the new listeners. And, uh, I, I just love being here. And it's because of you that, uh, I get fired up. So, uh, again, thanks, thanks, and thanks. And look me up. I'm on Facebook, Victor Armanderas. I'm on Instagram, Radio Victor. I'm on Twitter, Radio Victor. Uh, you guys can fire off questions. I do get questions all the time, and uh, I, I and on Instagram I've noticed that I've gotten a lot of uh, motor, motorcycle riders following me. So, you know, at some point we'll we'll do some motorcycle talk. Uh, in fact, my uh, co-host today, who's sitting in with me, my guest is uh, you know the gun guru, but he's also quite the motorcycle aficionado. Uh, so uh, Roger and I will, you know, Roger will have to go into some motorcycle talk at some point. Well, the weather's getting good for it now. Oh, it is, it is. So, uh, you know, not only the weather's getting good, but um, climate change is in our favor right now, apparently, uh, you know, to the dismay. If everything's warming, maybe we'll have more season, more season to ride. <laughs> and how can that be a bad thing? So there's another positive thing for, for climate change, and 
And I, I bring that up as a teaser because in the second hour today, we're, we're going to get into some climate change talk with Engineer Dave, so you guys want to stay tuned for that. Uh, oh, and isn't he also going to discuss the Boeing issues? Absolutely. I, I do want to touch. I'm going to touch on the Boeing issue. You because flew in from a, Vegas. Was it, that wasn't a <laughs> Boeing 730, 737 Max, was it? You know what? I did not. <laughs> I did not have to worry about the Max because Delta doesn't use them right now. The, the Delta doesn't have a, the 737 Max in there in their fleet fleet right now so um now i was on an airbus and i gotta tell you i'm one of the i am a huge boeing fan i'm one of those guys that if it ain't boeing it ain't going uh but i did get on a uh an airbus last night and flew in this morning but uh, nothing against them it was a great plane got me here safely uh but yes, we're going to talk about that in the next segment. Uh, I'm sorry, next hour. So right now, uh, let's move on to a little topic rundown. Uh, so number one today on On Point Topic Rundown, uh, expand the Supreme Court. So Roger, I don't know if you heard about this. Listeners, I don't know if you guys have heard about this. But this is going to be on the Democrat, Hippocrat campaign trail. They are actually calling, and everyone, whether it's O'Rourke or Biden or Kamala Harris or Cory Booker, they're all calling to expand the Supreme Court. Now, why do you think that is? Ask yourself, why would the Democrat Party want to stack the Supreme Court? Well, you got to figure, rock, paper, scissors, two out of three, let's go. Oh, wait, I lost two. Three out of five, let's go. Oh, wait, mm-hmm. five out of seven, let's go. That's exactly right. Look, when they can't win at the election box, cheat. They cheat. Uh, I, I mean, that brings me to number two: kill the electoral college. Listen, no, wait, wait. AOC has said she wants to make the electoral college free for everyone. <laughs> free for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Cortez is just the gift that keeps on giving, and I could totally see her standing now, there calling you for say, free college. She's, she's, she was. She finished three books this week. Oh. Now, now that's a lot of coloring that's for anybody. A lot of coloring. I don't care who you are. So, uh, but you know, uh, this again. Look at the pattern the Democrats are starting to build for their for running for office in 2020. Expand the Supreme Court. Okay, you can't win in the arena of ideas with the American people. You can't win at the election box. So let's go stack the Supreme Court so we can legislate through the judicial branch. That in itself is 100% wrong, and that the Founding Fathers even cautioned against it. But yet we have a political party in this country that wants to legislate through the judicial branch because they cannot win in the, in the arena of ideas. So when the, And if, the, if they can't get that, they want to just scrap the Electoral College. Now, why would the Democrats want to get rid of the Electoral College? Because the Electoral College, they can't seem to win. So if you can't win, you just change the rules. But I'll tell you, Roger, if they ever did change the Electoral College, as soon as they lost the popular vote, that Electoral College would be back in the Constitution quicker than you could shake a stick. Oh, they could do whatever they can to win. I mean, if you Mm -hmm. did it without the Electoral College, you'd basically having 10 to 15 percent of the area of the United States deciding who was going to be every president from here on out. Yeah. And the other 85% of the, the landmass area where people live would be completely yeah. ignored. Absolutely. Basically what you would have is if you live in uh, Monroe, Georgia, or you live in uh, a small town in Colorado, uh, you live in a small town in 
um, even even a place like Texas, a small town, your vote isn't going to matter. But especially when you're in the Midwest, when you're in one of these smaller states or or a, a wide open state like Oklahoma, your vote will not matter because the big cities are going to rule your life. That's San Francisco, L.A., Chicago, and New York. Those four cities would effectively run the country. Now, I ask you, sit back. Are you prepared to give up your vote and let the people of San Francisco run your life? Are you prepared for that? No. Thank you, Roger. Uh, and I'm, I'm hoping that many listeners out there are yelling at their uh, their radio, their, their streaming service right now, yelling no. because And look, the people of Colorado, these fools, uh, and many of these fools left California – the mess that they created in California and they ran to Colorado, now they're screwing up Colorado. Well, now they're voting to go along with the popular vote. So they're effectively giving away their vote because there are people in Colorado that are going to go along with this thinking that they're so progressive, but then the people of San Francisco are going to be squashing them with all these ridiculous uh, rules and you name it. Yeah, we and talked about this before. It's called the locust effect. The locusts mm-hmm. go from one place where everything's great they destroy it, and then they move on to the next place. They move on to the next place. Just like these people moving out of New York, uh, high-tax states to low-tax mm-hmm. states, and then they vote to raise the taxes again. Well, look, Florida is rapidly becoming a suburb of New York. Uh, as the New York people flee, they're running down to Florida, and half of these idiots are taking their, their politics with them. I don't understand, Roger, how someone who who flees a state like New York because of the oppression in New York with the high taxes and the regulation they run to Florida with no state tax in Florida very little regulation as far as 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 holding back free markets so Florida is a prospering state but yet you're going to go there from New York and take your politics with you and screw up Florida you know you know Ronald Reagan used to say and I I don't know the quote verbatim off the top of my tired head right now but Ronald Reagan used to warn, if we lose freedom in the United States, where will you go? There's no other country to go to. There's no place to flee to for freedom. There's no place to free to flee to for liberty. So if we lose it here, that's it. You can't go anywhere else. I mean, Roger, can you think of another country that uh, has a constitutional government like we do that protects the people, not the government? Of course not. I mean, you know, now with the way I have the whole Mexico thing where they have resources, they have labor. Mm -hmm. However, they've got a problem there. Maybe the U.S. should just buy Mexico, fix it up, and then flip it. Flip it? (laughs) (laughs) You know what? We we would be doing them a huge favor. All we need to do is flip their government. And, And again, that's a great example. Mexico is rich with resources. They're rich with beautiful beaches. You name it, that country has it. But they also have a socialistic type government. They call the Democrat socialist government there that uh, just holds that country down. It creates dependency. That's why Mexico has a huge poor class. And and they have real poverty there. Uh, we, you think we have poverty in the United States? Please. You know, as much as we want to stop border crossers from coming in the southern border, you got to respect a guy who's willing to walk a thousand miles for a job. <laughs> you know, and which is which is a good point because you know I I am one hundred percent for securing the border. But it's not to keep the hard workers out. Uh, and I don't think anyone in this country has a problem with people coming over to, from Guatemala or Nicaragua or Mexico that want to work. Uh, it's, it's, it's the 
criminal influx that we have to stop. And even if you are a good worker with good intentions, we cannot just have an open border. It's not right to our country. Mexico won't allow it. And, so it sounds and, uh, like we need to just improve our immigration system to be mm-hmm. more streamlined and more effective than this huge backup with months and years worth of paperwork and, yeah. and procedures. If we can even streamline the input of workers, that oh. would be much better. And you could do it with worker permit program. There's so many things we could do, but but the problem is – to do that, first, we have to secure the border. It's just like if you're in a leaky boat. If you're in a leaky boat, Roger, I'll ask you to pose this question to you. Or, well, let's use the boat, for instance. If okay. you're sitting in a boat and you got a leak and you got a bucket in your hand, what are you going to do first? Are you going to try to bucket out the water or are you going to plug that hole? Well, you got to plug the hole. Well, there it's you like go. with the leaky house. Do you worry about replacing the furniture, or do you stop the leak first before you start worrying about the furniture that's in the house? Exactly. We got to worry about what's coming in before mm-hmm. we worry about what's already here. And and that's exactly what I, what I was what I'm getting to. Yeah, securing the border is not racist. Being a sovereign country is not racist. And and I am of Mexican descent, sitting here telling you that, and and I get called names for it because I won't tow a political line. Uh, because I care more about the safety on both sides of the border. I care more about the people of this country because this is a great country and America should be first for its citizens. And Mexico, they treat their – trust me, Mexico puts their citizens before anyone else comes you – know, who would come across their border. So we should do the same. But but if we do it and we secure the border properly, we're helping both sides. I mean that that just can't be denied. And 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 you just have to take off your political lens and put on your common sense hat, and then and you can see it. You can see this issue really really isn't that tough to solve. Uh, we just need to apparently take it out of the hands of the politicians. Well, you know, let me say we had we were talking about border crossings. I want to mention something that I had found about border crossings that we there's a part of the border where the crossings are up over a hundred percent from the previous year and you might think oh my god this is horrible how does this happen who's letting in all these people from south america and central america and mexico no no the hundred percent more border crossers are coming from the canadian side of the border that's right near new hampshire vermont and new york they have doubled the number of illegal border crossings and a border guard, Richard Koss, had said, these are smuggling-type operations, very organized. This is not just people marching across Niagara Falls and getting lost. <laughs> so so what you're telling me is this wall's got to be a lot <laughs> a lot bigger than uh, we originally planned. <laughs> well, we, Trump is making America so great that even Canadians want to come here. <laughs> yeah. Well, look – I, I, we were jumping around a little bit, but, uh, there, and, and you can verify this, don't just take it from me, but there is a reason that the political elite in Canada, the socialist elite, come to the U.S. for health care. So here's another example. If we destroy our health care, where are you gonna go? And where are the Canadian elite gonna go? So I, I am sure the Canadian elite are probably 100% against United States (laughs) government health care. Uh, and they have good reason to be. Their own prime minister came here for heart surgery. He didn't stay in his beloved Canada health care program. He didn't stay with the socialists. He came to the United States. Look, like I always say, actions speak way louder than words. So, all right, we're going to move on and, uh, to, to our topic rundown. Number three, okay. I, you guys, I hear this all the time. I even hear this from from some Republican voter voters 
that oh Fox News Fox News Fox News is biased and especially when when people point out CNN because you you cannot deny the 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 left leaning CNN I mean the communist news network exactly. they put it on display every day uh, and but I, I tell you I hear all the time well Fox News Fox News and then I ask people to cite examples and they give me opinionated shows look an opinionated show is just that it's opinion it's an editorial it's an editorial um, their news hour I challenge you to find their, to show me any bias in their news hour you won't find it uh, but just to prove my point a little bit um, when was the last time CNN went out and hired a conservative not a never Trumper an actual conservative someone who's actually believes in conservative policies someone who actually is noticing the conservative policies that Trump's putting in place and that can defend them when was the last time CNN hired that person never I think Combs was the last guy, and he quit, what, eight years ago? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but Combs was a Fox. He wasn't with CNN. What oh, I was never saying mind. is, yeah, what I was saying is CNN hasn't, hasn't brought in a conservative where Fox News has got plenty of examples. Well, the latest example is Fox News hired Donna Brazil. So, uh, we'll touch that in a little bit. Uh, so hang tight. We're going to go to our next break. We're just flying by here, folks. Hold on to your seat. We will be right back out. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. And as long as we've got a good audience tuned in and we're proud of it, you're listening to America's Web Radio. And want to uh, bring up one thing and just remind everybody, those that haven't done it yet, uh, all of the shows are archived, and you can go back and listen to this as many times as you want. Download it and listen to it. Uh, it'll put you right to sleep. No, no, I wouldn't do that. But, um, you know, if you want to give up drinking and... Take up listening to podcasts. Well, we're the radio station to do it. Um, anyway, that and the other thing is, if you haven't gone to it yet, go to it. Check out Tornado Body Dryer. I have one in my shower now that I use every morning and love it. It is fantastic and fun and, well, you get dried off. You don't have to use a towel. You don't have to do all that work of using a towel and patting your bottom or whatever. So check it out, Tornado Body Dryer, and 
I'd like to mention one last thing, and that is if uh, if you have a business that needs a national forum and don't want to spend tons and tons getting it, give us a call. Give the general manager a call here at America's Web Radio, and let's talk about uh, what your idea is about uh, doing a show. And it can be on basically any topic you want that uh, maybe it's about your company and what it does or what it's going to be doing in the future. But um, you'll find that uh, we're very reasonable, very easy to get along with, and uh, we'll be happy to take your money. So with that being said, let's get back to On Point. And the logo for that is a dog with his tail that has a heart on so, with that being said, back <laughs> back to Victor. <laughs> Welcome back, folks. Where else can you get riveting radio and a riveting commercial break like that? Only on America's Web Radio. <laughs> so, uh, you too. Yeah, that's right. We speak the truth here. Uh, you get common sense here. You get logic here. And uh, if you want to be a part of it, by golly, you should contact us today. In fact, if you want to sponsor, uh, be a sponsor, hey, I welcome it. And and what better sponsor? I mean, come on. What better show could you sponsor than this one? I mean, uh, we have too much fun here. All right. I want to. We're going to move. We're going to jump right back in this. So I mentioned uh, the last time uh, on the topic rundown, we got to uh, Don, Donna Brazil. So Donna Brazil, if you don't remember the name, she's a Democrat activist. She's a Democrat operative. She ran the DNC until she was re- removed. Um, she was caught giving questions to Hillary Clinton in 2016 before a debate. So, you know, it goes back to the whole <laughs> it goes back to the whole cheating thing, as uh, producer Dave points out. Um, I tell you, if you just watch these Democrats, you'll learn a great deal. If you just stop drinking the Kool-Aid for a little while, and I'm not telling you to go drink the other side's Kool-Aid. I'm just telling you to open your eyes because if you're drinking the Democrat Kool-Aid, yeah, it ain't helping you. Let's put it that way. So, um, so the next, uh, the, my, my next topic rundown here. Uh, is uh, white power. <laughs> so, and, and now that you guys have all tuned back, <laughs> tuned back in, and uh, and are all out there putting your fist in the air, as I'm sure, um, let me explain. So, again, I go to the Hippocrat Party. Day in, day out, they tell you the Republicans are racist. Day in, day out, they tell you the Republicans are a bunch of old white guys. Day in and day out, we are just inundated with how racist you are if you don't agree with the Democrats or the Hippocrat Party. Well, so who do you think jumped in the race, and I mentioned this earlier, jumped in the presidential race for on behalf of the Democrats, O'Rourke. In fact, Roger, his full name would be... Robert Francis O'Rourke. Doesn't sound very Hispanic to me. You can't get any whiter than this guy, except for the other two guys that are leading the pack, uh, Bernie Sanders and Biden. So the top three Democrat presidential hopefuls, the guys that are raising the most money, the guys that are getting the most TV attention, the guys that are winning all the polls in all the libtard areas are all white dudes i i I just i can't i i I can't stop from laughing when i even talk about this but roger how funny is that 
the top three Democrat front runners. Two old white dudes and one middle-aged white dude. I'm sorry. I don't see color, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> see, Roger's trying to keep it safe. <laughs> but, look, yours truly, <clears throat> look, I, I, I'm a brown guy, and I'm going to point this out every time I see it. Uh, the hypocrisy knows no bounds. Oh, I, I could vote by just hearing people on the radio and never seeing their faces. And everybody mm-hmm. should, should be, able to, be yeah. able to do that. Listen to their policy. Mm-hmm. Listen to what they want to do, how they want to run things, and then make a decision. Yeah. I don't care what they look like, what, what kind of haircut they have. If they're orange-skinned or white-skinned, I don't care. <laughs> it shouldn't matter. shouldn't matter. It, it, I mean, it, and that's, that's my point because when you've got a part – and again, like I told you before, the Hippocrat – I dubbed the Democrats the Hippocrat Party because they earn that title every day. And this is a big one. I mean, when you when you run around and you call the other side and you call everyone else uh, racist or anti-gay or anti-this and anti-that, and then your top guys to me. In fact, ladies and gentlemen, the other day there was a poll done with a group. It was a, it was a focus group type of poll where they got a bunch of people in a room and asked them, would you like to see the next Democrat president be a person of color or some type of minority? Overwhelmingly, I mean, north of 80 percent, it might have been north of 90 percent of those poll takers said, yes, we want a minority. We want a person of color and and woman and this, that and every minority they could get. If they could get it in one person, that's what they wanted. Two seconds later, the next question was, who do out of the people who are running for president? Cory Booker, black guy, Kamala Harris, black guy, Gillibrand, woman, um, Elizabeth Warren, fake Indian. Beto, fake Hispanic. Who do you think they chose? They chose the whitest, oldest dude of the bunch, Bernie Sanders. Feel the burn. So feel that burn. So in one question, they say they want a, a my, as minority as you can get. And the very next question, they said they want Bernie Sanders, the oldest white dude in the bunch. In the bunch. So uh, again, the hypocrisy knows no bounds. In fact, that is a great movie line that. Uh, I believe Roger. It was. I believe you probably know this. And the movie line is Omni Huckleberry. Well, that's one of them. But one of my favorites was he goes, "My hypocrisy knows uh, only knows so much, or or only goes so far." I'm going to butcher that one, but uh, it was from the same movie, Tombstone. Which, if you haven't seen, you need to see it. It's great. So, all right, we're gonna we're gonna move on a little bit. So, I got a segment here, Roger. I want to do called uh, "Things That You Will Not Hear on the Lamestream Media." So, um, what, you know what's you funny got? with the lamestream media? They don't realize if they get socialism, they're going to be restricted and not be able to <laughs> broadcast what they want. They're voting for their own demise, and they're campaigning for their own demise. They have the rope tied around their neck and tied to a tree, and they're watering the tree. And they're <laughs> they're not just watering it; they're giving it food, <laughs> fertilizer. I, I mean, it's it's crazy. But so so one of the big issues that you'll never hear on the lamestream media has anything to do with guns that puts guns in a good light. So, Roger, I believe you've got a couple of good uh, gun stories that we can go over. And, again, I want to go on them. I want to talk about them here because you will not hear this on CNN, MSNBC, NBC, ABC, CBS. You're just not going to hear it. Uh, but you will hear it here. That's right. This Now, I have a quick question for everybody listening out there. There are people who say health care is a right and the government should pay for it. I'm going, well, I didn't see it anywhere in the Constitution. However... Only a gun is a right. Mm-hmm. Does that mean the government should pay for my gun? You know, I well, like me, where you're going with that, Roger. Let me tell you. There's a, a state representative in Missouri 
who has come up with a bill called the Missouri, oh, it's the McDaniel Militia Act, which is named after the, the representative. And he wants everybody between the ages of 18 and 35 to own an AR-15 and make it a law to do so. Now, before you guys get up in arms and go, oh, I want to use my Ruger Ranch rifle, I want to use my AK, he's willing to provide t- state tax credits to pay for up to 75% of these AR-15s with a million dollars a year being set aside just for that purpose. And being the McDaniel Militia Act, all the people who say, oh, when they wrote the Second Amendment, it was only for militias. Well, here he's forming the state militia, so everybody who's a citizen of Missouri by a set date, which I don't have in front of me, will be able to apply to get this 75% tax credit on their purchase of a new AR-15. <laughs> That's some of the best news. I, I mean, I, you know, Mississippi wasn't one of the states that on my list that I would ever move to, but uh, they just made the list. They just jumped up a few they notches, just, that Absolutely. For sure. And he also wants to have a handgun act. To do the same thing for handguns for people over to anyone over 21 who's a citizen of the state as of a certain date, will ha- they'll have a million dollars in tax credit set aside to help pay people back for a handgun if they don't already have one. That to get one. is that is just excellent. And again, that's you're not going to hear. Well, you know what? This actually might make the news at some point because they're going to come out against. I mean, boy. Well, it hasn't been passed. It's just been proposed. Right. But if it gets close to it, then you can expect the liberals to lose their mind. If it even goes up for a vote, I will be Mm -hmm. shocked, but I will be very happy to see in this sea of gun bills that come up restricting, 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 and cutting back and taking away. It's nice to see somebody who will actually give back a little bit. (laughs) You know, I'm not a big fan of the phrase giving back, but in this instance, (laughs) that's – hey, look, if we can subsidize electric cars – that's right. Which is not in the Constitution, then why can't we subsidize that, the, it? The, the 74th Amendment, thou shalt get tax credits for <laughs> electric whatever. vehicles? I think that's somewhere in there where, yeah, thou shalt get tax credits for any progressive vote you make. I mean, it's, you know, it's that in, in itself, Roger. Well, how crazy is that to call yourself a progressive when every progressive pretty much every progressive move in the, in the terms of a progressive socialist democrat takes the country backwards well it's funny because i know you don't want to talk about the abortion issue much but you know <laughs> the democrats are all about choice choice a person's mm-hmm. choice a woman's choice but yet they want to give you a choice when it comes to that but yet when it comes to what kind of light bulbs you should buy what kind of car you should have what kind of mm-hmm. washing machine you should have what kind of shower head you're allowed to have there are no choices there what kind of toilet you can have what kind of doctor you can have i mean you're you're spot on there uh and and again this is when i say look at the actions of the democrat party if if you've grew up with democrat influence you need to reevaluate because they want to control every aspect of your life while pretending that they're for choice exactly they're not for choice Mm -mm. they they want to tell you they want to control you from cradle to grave and i think it was thomas jefferson said the government big enough to give you everything is big enough to take it all away absolutely and it was thomas jefferson that's a that's a good quote he said the government that's big enough to give you everything can take it away and it's a hundred percent right and, and and if you just look at the proposals coming out, and we'll get into some of that too in the next hour. Uh, but uh, let's let's go on to another gun story, Roger. Do we have another one? 
I think that was what I had for today. I, there is Hawaii, who for the second time in two years is trying to pass a complete gun ban on everything. <laughs> and, of course, it will never pass, hopefully. Hopefully. Just as, unfortunately, the AR-15 ownership right. bill will probably never pass either. But I like to see things come out for the guns instead of against them. I mean, you got to realize these poor homeless guns in shelters and gun stores, they need to be adopted <laughs> by freedom-loving people <laughs> and given a good home. <laughs> yes, they do. Well, look – we're gonna we're gonna have to end this hour there, and and I'll leave you something too on the gun subject. Look this up. There is a college in Santa Barbara th- that was a victim of a mass shooter a few years ago that is actively now campaigning to remove guns from the police officers of the school. So ponder that for a while. All right, folks, this hour is done. It's in the can. Uh, stay tuned. We will be back after this short break. You're listening to On Point with Victor, America's Web Radio. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is Around Town Movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around Town Movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, Around Town Movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you're listening to On Point with Victor. Uh, this is America's Web Radio. And uh, so, so glad to uh, have a second hour today uh, to uh, talk to you guys some more. Uh, and again, thanks for listening. Uh, I've been getting some messages. I love it, love it, love it. If, if you want to participate, um, then, hey, find me on Instagram, Radio Victor. Find me on Twitter, Radio Victor. Uh, I'm on Facebook. And also, uh, if you're sitting out there going, boy, how can I get some national attention? Hey, you call us up. And be a, we'd love to have you as a sponsor. Uh, if you've got an idea for a show, you can even call us up and give us your ideas. So, uh, so, so give that some thought to all you wonderful listeners out there. And if you've got a business that you've got out there and you want to get, get some national attention, well, you can do it right here. You can do it with On Point with Victor. So, uh, give us a call. In fact, you can call us at, well, I've got the 470-223-4979. So, again, if you want to be a sponsor, give us a call. Um, all right. So here we are with our number two, and we got a treat coming up today. Uh, you guys are going to be glad you're listening today. Uh, we're going to get into some uh, 
Let, let's, you know, I called it climate talk with Victor, and what I should call it is climate comedy hour with Victor. Uh, what what I what I like to do is is and what I what we're going to do today is we're going to go over this Green New Deal. We're going to go over some of this stuff. We're going to go over some of the comments that Al Gore loves to throw out, some of the past comments that he's made. And then you look at where we are today, and and if I'm telling you, you can't help but laugh at at the climate so-called climate change argument that's going out there, that's going on out there. The the global warming. I mean, come on. First it was an ice age, then it was global warming. When those two things didn't work, it became climate change, and and it, it, that in itself ought to make you a skeptic. But uh, and then the other thing that ought to make you a skeptic is whenever anyone ever if anyone looks at you and says the consensus in science or science is cons- science is a consensus you hear any of that you should become an instant skeptic and we'll get into some of that so so uh, you're going to want to stay tuned um, I tell you what this this it goes by so fast um, one hour and now we're into the second hour and it, it'll go by quick too. But again, uh, this is On Point with Victor. You're listening to America's Web Radio, Hour 2 of On Point with Victor. So again, thanks for listening. So look, I, I want to take a minute today because we, we have had some new listeners tuned in, so I want to take another minute and thank you for that. Uh, thank you for your listenership. Uh, if I sound uh, up and down today, it's because I literally just flew back from Vegas. So I was in Vegas uh, for uh, since Saturday, and I flew back this morning. Uh, I did not want to miss this show, so I flew back, and it was a great flight. In fact, it was on an, an Airbus, uh, and again, I, I, I am a Boeing fan. I am one of those ones that uh, if it ain't Boeing, it ain't going, uh, but I have no choice on what Delta puts me on, So, uh, but but it was not at Air Max, and, and I bring that up because also in the show, we're going to get to a little discussion about what's going on with Boeing, what's going on with the 737 MAX, the MAX 8, the MAX 9. Um, I want to talk about that a little bit because I think there's a lot of hysteria going on um, that really doesn't need to be going on in this country. I think they're making a hysteria out of this when we really can have a conversation on what's going on. Uh, it's pretty simple now that um, more and more evidence of the Lion Air crash and the Ethiopian crash, as that evidence comes out, it's pretty, pretty, pretty simple to see what happened and and, and why. And, and, we're, and there's going to be more information coming out but we we're pretty much got a good path now on on why that happened what led up to the 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 situation that caused those those planes to go down so i want to get into some of that and and we're going to do that we're going to do the climate talk we're going to do a little boeing talk and we're going to do that with a guest that i have sitting in with me today uh you guys might remember him from a past show uh, engineer dave so engineer dave will be here with us and we're going to talk uh, well, we're going to have fun with climate. That's what we're going to call it. I'm going to call it fun with climate. Um, so we'll do that. So, um, but again, if, if I'm up and down a little bit, if, if I seem like I'm dragging a little bit, it's only because uh, of a little bit of jet lag, uh, flying, flying in this morning. Uh, it was great. I landed at 5 a.m., so a little earlier than I expected. So I, I, I at least got a couple of hours of sleep. Uh, and Marta was waiting for me. I got off the plane, went to Marta. So, for all you people in Gwinnett that are voting down Marta, <laughs> and trust me, I, I, I'm not really uh, for Marta expanding so much because I don't think their financial house is in order. In order. 
then I think in order to expand, your financial house should be in order. So that can be another conversation for another day. But, hey, for me, it works. I happen to live in the city and the airport. The train pretty much takes me from the airport to my house. So it's kind of nice. But uh, all right, all right, I'll get off that case. So a couple of other things that we're going to talk about is um, – uh, you know, I, 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 I'm trying really not to lift her up any more than she already is, but I can't help but bring up uh, Alexandria Cortez or occasional Cortex as I like to call her. Uh, I can't help but bring her up and, and, and I, I want to do it in the fashion of just look at what she's saying and look at what she's proposing, not so much and to make fun of her, although it's very easy to make fun of her. Um, and she makes it easy. But uh, but you've got Cortez and her and the rest of her merry band of socialists. Uh, I mean, some of the things that they are coming up with and what they're proposing. So I mentioned to you guys that I just flew back from Vegas. Look, if Alexandria Cortez and her merry band of socialist Democrats get their way, I wouldn't be able to make that flight. You wouldn't be able to make that flight. So ponder that for a minute. Are you ready to give up? Air flight? Are you ready to give up those vacations that require a plane trip? Are you ready to give up road trips? Are you ready to give up your car? Because they're not going to stop with gasoline cars. They, they're going to, how are you going to charge your electric car? We'll get into this a little bit too. So cars are going to be gone. So planes are going to be gone. Cars are going to be gone. This is all under the Green New Deal. So what's going to be left? Trains. And, and do we have enough trains to get you where you want to go? No. Not unless you want to go do what uh, what a lot of Guatemalans do. They jump on that. You know, there's a train track that comes up from Guatemala and goes all the way through Mexico and comes right up to the border. And uh, you can look up pictures of these guys that hang on every train car. They're on top of the train car. They're on the side of the train cars. They're on the back of the train cars. Is that what the future of traveling in the United States? You may be laughing and you may be going, oh, Victor, you and your hyperbole. It's not hyperbole, ladies and gentlemen, when you've got Alexandria Cortez in front of a camera telling you that you have 12 years to live, that if we don't change what we're doing, somehow, somehow, if we can't touch the hand of God to change the climate, we're going to be dead in 12 years. And she doesn't stop there. So the changes she wants to make is get rid of airplane travel, get rid of cars, get rid of fossil fuels. They've even got... The new Generation E, the, the entitlement generation running around college campuses now with their chant, they're doing cheers calling for the end of fossil fuels. I, I mean, you can't make this up. If I wanted to use hyperbole, I couldn't make this sound any more crazy than it is. So, I mean, this is, you're living this in, in real time. So it, 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 you can't help but laugh. And it, it, it it's sad. And, and sometimes you do have to laugh. But it's serious, and and we're going to have to to wake up to this because if these people get in control, and that's Bernie Sanders, that's uh, Rourke, that's Kamala Harris, that's Cory Booker, that every one of them have signed on to this new Green Deal. And I got a, a message for Alexandria Cortez, or occasional Cortex as I like to call her. The Green New Deal is nothing new. It's been tried year over and over in history. Just look to your communist country, look to your socialist country, all the things that in her little utopia, 
this stuff goes back to Marxism. This stuff goes back to the 30s. This goes back to Karl Marx. It goes back to Saul Alinsky. It goes back to I, I, you name it, uh, the your friendly communist or socialist or your Nazi. You go back and look at the history of what they proposed, and that's the same thing that they're proposing today, just in much prettier language. So... All right, we're gonna let, let's get started. So I want to introduce uh, here with me today is uh, Engineer Dave. Uh, how you doing today? Hey, I'm doing well, Vic. It's uh, it's good to be here with uh, my engineering hat on again. Uh, I'll switch hats here in a little while. We'll get into the Boeing stuff and put my pilot hat on. Uh, but uh, I guess uh, to start, we're gonna talk a little bit about climate change and. And occasional cortex and her and her new deal, I guess, is where we start. Huh? Her her new green deal, um, you know, like I said before, uh, she's advocating. Well, let me put it to you this way: just some of the things I went over and about this green deal, where she actually and and look, she's taking some of this down off their website because they're trying to hide this from you. Um, but getting rid of fossil fuels, I mean, right there, Engineer Dave, how is that even possible? Uh, well, I don't know that it's it's real practical or feasible um, at any kind of you know realistic level. And and the funny thing about it is, to me, I think they've they've said that, that their goal is to remove something like ninety seven percent of fossil fuels out there, which is really out to lunch, as 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 we would probably say. But I think one of the funniest parts of it is is that um, one of the things that they're claiming is that is that this this new deal policy, this green movement, is going to help a lot of the the minorities and the less fortunate and, and people like that. And that's it's it's simply not the case. I mean, if you think about places like uh, India or China, there's nobody barking up the the green movement tree. And, you well, know, so well, let me ask you. Well, let me ask you this. Let me put it to you this way. Um, Again, that's your Democrat Socialist Party that has to break everything off into groups. It has to break everything off into a victimhood. Uh, you're a black group. You're a Hispanic group. You're a gay group. You're a this group. You're a that group. And to say uh, the audacity to say that somehow you can control the climate to benefit a victim class that in itself, Engineer Dave, is that not insane? Well, I think that that's uh, uh, identity politics at its most ridiculous, I think, is, is, is how I would phrase it. I think it's simply – I don't know that it's really ever going to be possible, much less right now. Well, that's the thing. First of all, you can't – nor should you ever in a free market society have a government that's large enough to force behavioral changes to its populace. Uh, i.e. force the populace to buy health care. No federal government in a free market society should have that kind of power. And the Green Deal shifts 100% of the economy to the control of bureaucrats. And trust me, folks, you don't want that. Do you want to sit down and have your life controlled 100% by a bureaucrat in Washington? I would say no. All right, so ponder that for a little bit. Uh, we're going to our first break here. You stay tuned. This is America's Web Radio on Point with Victor. We'll be right back. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is around town movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. 
Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around town movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, around town movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's around town movers. Call them. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. Whether cruising the Strip at a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome back. I am Victor Armendariz. This is On Point with Victor. You're tuned into America's Web Radio, and uh, we'll get right back in this. But I wanted to pause for a minute. Um, a little bit breaking news. So the Supreme Court just ruled five to four that the uh, Trump administration can detain illegal aliens for deportation after being released from jail. So basically, the Supreme Court just ruled that we can uphold the law, <laughs> the law that's on the books. So that is a majority rule basically saying that aliens facing deportation can be held in immigration jails without a bond hearing. So basically, it's kind of going to put a dent in the Democrats' program catch and release. So uh, this is actually actually good news. Um, look, the law is the law, and without laws, we're just going to have mass chaos, which, by the way, I think is a definition of a democracy, is pretty much mob rules, mass chaos. And uh, that's another thing that chaps your radio host rear end is uh, when people call us a democracy. But anyway, let's uh, all right. Let's go back to some uh, some talk with Engineer Dave here, and and getting back to some of the climate thing. When when uh, so we're talking about the 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 Green New Deal. So you know another look again. Common sense. That's what you're going to get here. So I cannot help but listen to Cortez when she talks about this Green Deal and some of the things he proposes. My question, and the first question from a journalist should have been, where's the food going to come from? If you're going to cut off fossil fuels, then you're cutting off the main way to get food to cities. Look, folks, I don't know if you've ever been to New York or Chicago. They aren't growing gardens in the streets. The concrete jungle isn't really conducive for garden growing. And, in fact, some of these climates, uh, I don't know if you've been to New York and Chicago in the winter, it gets pretty darn cold despite what Cortez will try and tell you or Al Gore will try and tell you. But you're not growing a lot of crops in the big cities. So if you cut out fossil fuels, how are the big trucks going to deliver the food to all the people? So under Cortez's New Deal, we're not just going to bring down the economy. We're going to kill people. Uh, we're going to lose people in cities first from starvation, and then it's just going to spread from there. So again, 
a common sense question that should have been asked. But, you know, Engineer Dave, I don't think one journalist asked her that question. Yeah, no, I, the other question I think that needs to be asked, and it may have been, and she doesn't have a good answer yet, is where the, where all the money is going to come from that's going to buy all these things. <laughs> so, you know, I think, what do they, they said now? It's upwards of $90 trillion North of $93 trillion. Is it? So yeah. I think we're talking about twice that of World War II in today's yep. dollars, something crazy and, like that. And that is a static, you know, whenever the government throws out a number, they use a static model. And uh, you can't do that. If you're not using dynamic models, you're, the only reason they're not is because they don't want you to know the true, true cost of, or, or the estimated true cost. So if they're telling you $93 trillion, it's going to be double that. Um, history has shown that. Uh, you don't. You find me one government program that hasn't bloated itself way beyond what the estimated static cost was. Um so no, that's a that's another great point. And, and again, I, you know, uh, in fact, there was um, she was sitting. Uh, there was a journalist that asked Cortez about the money, and they did it in a softball way, and she still couldn't answer it. Her answer was something uh, something like this: "Well, um, like um, we're talking about dying in twelve years, and you're worried about the cost." And then she went on with. Uh, some more likes and some more ums, <laughs> and, and then change the subject. So that pretty much, Engineer Dave, is the way she answers the questions on money. Right, right. So it it never, like I said, it never stops. The entertainment just doesn't stop. As much as I don't want to talk about her, it, it's hard to do a show these days without talking about her. Uh, but all right, let, let's get off of her a little bit. We can still knock this green deal out of the water. I mean, we're pretty much... It isn't hard to do, folks. Look, you can't get rid of fossil fuels. If you get rid of fossil fuels, how are you going to charge the batteries? Uh, Engineer Dave, is there a windmill out there that can charge a battery long enough to drive more than 10 miles? I certainly don't know of one. I think, um, you know, kind of going back to the big picture uh, on the Green Deal, I think if we, if we the the more I look at it, and you'll you'd probably agree, is it's it's not so much a, a green movement deal as much as it is almost a, a philosophical shift. Mm-hmm. So they they almost want to remodel the entire you know way of it's 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 a complete socialistic sort of you know there's there's uh they're bringing back things like healthcare for everyone and there's, there's gosh there's all kinds of them. they're bringing so, back the the electric car subsidies is another one we mm-hmm. saw where that went. Uh, yeah. So what you're saying is they want to fundamentally change. I, we haven't even gotten to things like the the uh, uh, universal basic income. I, get, I think is part mm-hmm. of it. They, she might not call it that, but that's essentially what it is for people that don't feel like working. So there's well, all kinds of stuff in there that have nothing to do with climate change. It's funny or, or uh, being green, as mm-hmm. they say. It's funny you mention that. There is another guy over the weekend that jumped into the presidential race, and this guy. He actually is raising some money, so he's probably going to be in the first debate to the dismay of uh, many of the establishment Democrats because he's just kind of come out of nowhere. He's a tech guy from, I believe, San Francisco. I cannot remember. His name escapes me right now. And uh, uh, I think he's of at, Asian descent, I want yeah, to say. He's, right? he's yeah, he's Asian descent. I believe it's Andrew something. But, you know, we'll get his name I later. I believe he's big in, uh, in the AI world, the AI tech yes, part. Yeah, things, he's, yeah. A, he's a big techie with artificial intelligence. And he is Im- immediately proposed a thousand dollars for everybody, and I mean everyone. If you're in the United States, you get a thousand bucks a month. So he is right on board with the universal uh, income. 
and look, I, just as what I think you were alluding to, Engineer Dave, is all this stuff they're so-called or so-called green, all these initiatives that they're putting under the label of Green Deal has nothing to do with the climate. No, yeah, it's absolutely, uh, absolutely right, yeah. nothing. All, what it is is a power grab yep. to control the economy and every other facet of your life. So uh, that, again, you know, the Democrats want to make fun of skeptics. Well, it's easy to be a skeptic when you look at some of this stuff. Am, am, am I not? I mean, am I right? Uh, yeah, I completely agree. I don't, I don't see any of it. You know, I, any, everywhere where stuff like this has been tried, I think it has failed. And I've, I've heard you mention Venezuela several times mm-hmm. today already. And, and unfortunately, they're kind of the, the, the whooping post, uh, you know, uh, when we start. As well, they like, should yeah, be. <laughs> right. but, but, but the fact of the matter is they're, they're an example that's right there in front of our face. And they actually went downhill fairly quickly, uh, you know, relative to a lot of other. We could talk about, you know, Russia or North Korea or some of the others that are, are might. You know, I think Russia and North Korea are probably the most severe cases of mm-hmm. of, of this sort of approach. Uh, but oh, without a doubt, without a doubt, and and again, it's 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 laughable. And then when you've got Al Gore, who uh, I, I don't even want to tell you the square footage of this guy's house, and I don't want to tell you how many private planes he flies on, and I don't want to tell you the entourage of SUVs that gets him from one climate talk to another. Um, and usually when he gives a climate talk, it ha- it's in a snowstorm, which just cracks me up because he wants to go out and tell you that the planet's burning. And every time he does it, Mother Nature slaps him in the face. And, and it's just, it's very, very pleasurable. Um, but this is, this is what irritates me when they won't look at you and try and debate you or answer some of your questions. Uh, they'll look at somebody like, um, like myself or engineer Dave and they'll just either call us names or call us deniers. Tell us we should be arrested and then try to change the subject. Or, or tell us we don't care. We don't care about mm. this, the little person. We don't care about the polar bears. Oh, right. We're you racist. Know, you know what I mean? So <laughs> I forgot. We're racist if you don't believe in climate change. That That's coming down the pike, too. Exactly. It, it is. Um, you know, it, again, you alluded to this a little bit earlier. Look, I got news for you guys out there. Even if we did have a little bit of global warming, it would be a good thing. With a little bit of warming in some of these destitute areas and and some of these third world countries, that would mean they could grow more food. And if you grow more crops and you could grow uh, a a sustenance for living, uh, that's not a bad thing. But under the Green Deal, you know how many people will be displaced? So basically – Everything that they are are pretending that's happening, and all the things that they they make up on a daily basis, trying to convince you that there are actually people being displaced right now because of so-called climate change, their policies would create displacement among people, and it would happen to the poorest of the poor. Um, I mean, Engineer Dave would not some of the biggest victims to the Green New Deal be the poor. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think there's there's a lot of evidence that's, that that talks to that, and I know you're talking about. Um, so there's a book out there by a guy named, I believe it's by Mark Morano, um, and I mm-hmm. reference him a lot when when Vic and I are talking on one on one. I actually reference this book a good bit. It's a great read. I don't, it's not a plug. It's just a great book out there. <laughs> but but he talks about something called. A butterfly effect, and it's not the typical butterfly effect that says, you know, a butterfly flaps its wings in China, and then a Democrat loses their mind in California. That's not the butterfly effect we're talking about. The butterfly, but it happens every day. <laughs> exactly. So the butterfly effect that he's talking about says that 
it's sort of a it's a great metaphor for the the fear mongering approach that they're taking to the climate change debate. So what it says is, um, if the temperature goes up by two or three degrees, it's going to kill off the you know green speckled you know two butted grasshopper, two headed butted snake. Right. So, but what it doesn't do is there's no actual evidence in that statement that says the climate is actually at risk of of raising two degrees. So they throw all these these. Uh, you know, fear-mongering uh, – I, I want to say well, accusations, but that's not the right word. They're but, throwing out these uh, – let's just say, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, they throw out these these doomsday fantasies with with absolutely no evidence to back them up. It, it's, it be kind of – so at that point, it becomes almost a backward science mm. is what I call it. And, and in fact, I'm getting to the point now, the more I look into it, I used to be the guy – uh, that sort of uh, rejected a lot more on the science side, and, and don't get me wrong, I still do. I think there's a lot of the science that's, that is backwards, but it's it's getting to the point where now um, you start digging a little bit deeper, and it's, the more I look into it, it, it's more a question of of the politics and the money uh, and and all that. It's not even so much the bad science; it's it's mu- it's on a much bigger level. Oh yeah, there's no doubt. And you mentioned backward science. You know, one thing that the the so-called climate scientists are doing with their government money is they can't – they're not getting the results that they've been predicting. So what they do is they put a result out there, and then they try and back – let's just say back put in the science. That's exactly what they do. So just like we mentioned the the you know a certain species of butterfly and butterfly is kind of a metaphor. It could be anything. It could be a Tyrannosaurus Rex. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but, they may be coming back because of climate change. <laughs> but so the the point is they they put these statements out there and then they they sort of reverse the science, if you will, to make it look like that is indeed going to happen. And and, and by doing that. They they start to justify these giant policy changes that that mm. that really have a negative effect um, on just about everyone. But the, the, they're selling them on the on the emotional. Oh, of course. Sort of take if you want to call it that. Every, every argument from a Democrat is emotional based. Uh, I mean, they're, 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 that's that's how they operate and how they fool so many people is with with emotions and uh, and and that's one thing with this. Absolutely true for the global warming slash climate change argument is is they they do this they uh, I mean almost like reverse engineering I they 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 have their wonderful computer models none of them of which have come true you know you can go back to the nineties and and watch YouTube videos of Al Gore telling us the world that we're going to be out of water in ten years. That the sea in certain areas is going to rise and take land away in 10 years. Well, 10 years passed and nothing happened. None of Al Gore's predictions have come true. If you watch his Inconvenient Truth movie, which is Inconvenient Lack of Facts movie, none of that happened. None of it has happened. So where is the honest journalist? Where is the objective journalist to get in front of Al Gore and say, what is your response to the fact that all of your predictions, none of them came true? All of them fell flat. In fact, in most cases, the opposite happened. How, 
where where are those journalists? You, you know, I'd give anything to meet Al Gore because I'd kick him in the nets because it's it's just been too cold around here. And according to him, it shouldn't be this cold. But but I, I mean, uh, you know, just in that uh, again, Engineer Dave, we have these greenest uh, these these the the ilk of Cortez, the the Al Gores. This whole crowd, the, the paid scientists, the government dole scientists who have predicting things for years and none of them have come true, why aren't they held accountable? That's a, that's a really good question. I think, well, here, here's one of my biggest issues with the whole thing, and I, and I go back to this, this butterfly effect that we're talking about, which, and that's exactly what this 12-year you know, right. fantasy that, that – uh, or it's, it's that on a grand level. Uh, but one, one of the things I, ha- I take real issue with – is the fact that? Um, <laughs> well, it's, lost my it's train of no, no. I, you know what? I, I have that effect on people all the time. But actually, you're losing the train of thought is perfect because we've got to go into our next break. So you guys hold on tight. Engineer Dave's going to get his points together, and we will be right back. Forty-five years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation, Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not... You probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back. You're listening to America's Web Radio. This is On Point with Victor. Uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, we've, we've gotten some new listeners chiming in. Uh, I love it. Uh, they're making fun of Engineer Dave, which, uh, you know, that's always fun. I mean, we could do that. Uh, <laughs> so, no, we won't give Engineer Dave a hard time. Um all right, let's get back into some of this. You know, you mentioned the money. You know, there all the time in politics, I, I ask people, follow the money. Uh, again, don't be married to a D. Don't be married to an R. Uh, look for policy and follow the money. And and the other big thing that always watch out for is when you get one political party 
and uh, that that jumps on board with an issue, and they're backed by groups that call themselves Antifa, but yet they carry bats, cover their face, and beat the crap out of people who don't agree with them. They shout down free speech. You know, when the, you see this thing, this type of groups forming, and they're all forming around the Democrat Party, and then that all group is getting behind something that they call uh, climate change, which, again, it was ice age, then it was global warming, and now it's climate change. Th- these are all reasons for you to be skeptical. I would say the same thing if the people on the right were doing this. Um, in fact, we have way, way too many spineless establishment Republicans that cannot get the, the backbone to stand up and look at the Democrats in the face, people like Al Gore, people like Cortez, people like Bernie Sanders, and say, no, you guys are full of government-funded science consensus crap. And pardon my way of delivering that, but... I just get so fed up because we have so many Republicans that will not stand up to this. There are far too many establishment Republicans that give in to the false narrative. They'll say things like, oh, well, well, definitely the climate's changing. Well, definitely we, we have maybe some warming. But and then they go on to trying to get, take it back to free market or, or take it back to some of the flawed science. Look, when you give up the narrative, the Democrats run with it, and the, and and they don't just run with it in their in their circles. They run with it in their policy proposals. They run with it uh, with 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 just about every power grab that they try and make. And then they have the media. Ninety five percent of the media is the spokesperson for the Democrat Party, and. So then you've got these ridiculous stories being done that we're losing ice, we're losing land, we're losing this, we're losing that. When, again, I want to get back to this follow the money. So, Engineer Dave, if we look at the – first of all, why don't you touch for a second on the so-called consensus in science? How many times do we have to hear, well, the consensus in scientists say climate change, blah, 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 blah. Okay, Engineer Dave, would you like to take this because you've heard me go on about the consensus? I will. I will. This is one of my favorites, and in fact, Vic and I talk about this uh, a good bit. Um, sort of off air, if you want to say that. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so you you hear the the word consensus thrown around a lot when you start when you start talking about climate change and this and the various scientists. And the figure that you always hear is ninety seven percent of scientists. Mm-hmm. Have a consensus that the climate is warming, and what they don't tell you at the, is that one, the ninety-seven percent of people, these were hand-picked, cherry-picked scientists that were essentially peer reviewers um, of their own work. Mm-hmm. So they hand-picked reviewers that they knew were kind of in their court already, and they said, "All right, yep, we'll chalk that one up to agreeing with us on global." So that when you hear that ninety-seven percent consensus, that's really what it is. Okay, so th- don't put any stock in this ninety percent number. It's 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 completely meaningless. The second part of that is, and I touched on this with Vic the other day, the word consensus itself, if you look up the definition, really lends itself to being an opinion. An opinion. Okay, so so right there, you can refute that on on a couple of different levels. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean the the whole idea, you know, science in itself, it can't be a consensus. I I, I mean, I, we could go on and on on that, but uh, but also to your point, and to my point earlier about follow the money. Um, so they also don't tell you where these scientists are getting their money. 
Well, right, and and I, if you look at it, you know, so there's all these climate models out there. Most of them UN UN funded, which is code for funded by the government, which is code for your tax dollars, my tax dollars, Vic's mm-hmm. tax dollars, all of our tax dollars going into these climate models. None of which, none of which have been successful. Okay. None of which have put out a true hypothesis or a, right. no, nothing has no corroborating evidence. Let's put it that way. Right. And here's the fun part. It's, that's not even the fun part. The fun part is we have gone on to spend billions and billions of dollars every year based on flawed models that have yet to show any evidence of global warming. So, Taxpayer do- dollars. Correct. Uh, I mean, this dollars. is billions and billions of taxpayer dollars. Okay. How much of the of the security fence or security border or however you want to mention a wall, how much of that could be built with the billions of dollars being wasted? Uh, we probably could have built hundreds of walls. Yeah, we probably could. I mean, I mean t- <laughs> dozens and dozens and dozens of billions of dollars a year. We could have done my idea, which was put, put a, a nice walking path type wall on the southern border so we can have uh, big sponsored races. In, in the words of Donald Trump, Big, beautiful, uh, big, beautiful, how could I say it? It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. <laughs> but you could do beautiful, fun races that, that where you could have sponsored races going from from the East Coast to the West Coast or over the West Coast to the East Coast. I guess it would be great. And there would even have to be a swimming side. So this could be a triathlon. Yep. You could bike. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, all right, all right, we're getting off. But, but the point is, ladies and gentlemen, you always follow the money. It's, it's easy to indoctrinate high school kids. In fact, now they're, the government's trying to indoctrinate preschool and elementary school. They try and get them that early and scare the bejesus out of them that they're killing, that we are killing the climate, that they're not going to live to see the age of 12 because we're killing the environment. Uh, how can a responsible government live with itself by trying to scare children, and yet they do it every day, and it's getting worse? Cortez had a group of kids from the ages of, I think they were the ages of six or seven years old all the way up to teenagers that confronted uh, Dianne Feinstein, a, a senator, and some other senators in Washington and confronted them, telling them they're killing the planet. Uh, these are kids. These are kids that should be learning creative thinking. These are kids that should be learning how to use their imagination. These are kids that should be learning how to read, write, and, and do math. But instead, they're being taught that we are killing the planet. They're being taught that they're going to burn up in a ball of fire because somebody drives a car or, or somebody flies in a plane. This is ridiculous. This, this, this in itself is basic child abuse coming from the hands of the government. And again, some of you may be going, oh, okay, Victor, that's a little hyperbole. It's not. When you're looking at a child who's got a mind full of mush just waiting to be to to learn and you're focusing on false science and and false uh, claims and and all these false models that are out there you're putting that in their head then how can they learn all the things they need to learn because they've got a fear that they're not going to live to see the ripe age of 10 or the ripe age of 15 i i mean we're we are not making this up i mean engineer dave Again, we can look at all these so-called climate models. Not a one of them have been true. And not only that, you know, a few years ago, some of these scientists were caught fudging numbers. I, I mean, the fact that this is allowed blows my mind.
Yep. Yeah. It's. I think you know going back to the indoctrination of the of the of the young of the young children. I you know it's it sounds harsh, but it's a it's it's very remnant of things like the Hitler Youth, for for mm-hmm. lack of better terms. And as unfortunate as that sounds, and I think you're really we're really doing them a disservice when we're not developing their their critical thinking skills, and, and we're really telling them what to think versus how to think. <laughs> Look, there's a reason that uh, the millennial generation and and the generation coming after them. There's there's a reason that they're they can't have a five sentence paragraph without using the word like about a thousand times. Absolutely. Um, there's a reason that these kids are coming out and they're marching through the streets before they even have the thought of getting a job. They're going to the streets to march to tell. <clears throat> excuse me, I don't have a dump button. But they're going to the streets. I'm going to pass this off to Engineer Dave for a second. <laughs> Go, Engineer Dave. <laughs> All right. Well, so I think, um, you know, going back to some of the climate change stuff, uh, one of the, so we were talking about briefly about about following the money. And, and one of the things that I think maybe we didn't touch on as much was that those scientists that are being funded by the government, their their livelihood depends on the outcome of those studies. Oh, absolutely. Well, that, so you, that's, so you see what I'm saying? There, there's sort of yeah. – uh, it's, it's, it's a cycle. That is why I keep saying and, – and pardon the interruption there. I had a cough fit. I, I sounded like Hillary Clinton there. Probably the best impersonation I've done of Hillary well, was, was just now. <laughs> but, uh, but you're absolutely right. Think about it, folks. If, if, you, if your life – if your livelihood depends on government grants – you're going to do whatever outcome or come to whatever outcome that grant wants you to come out to. So that, that is the key there. Uh, if, if your livelihood is being paid by the hand of the government, then you're going to do whatever that hand of the government wants you to do. So, all right, we're going into a next break. Uh, this is just flying by. Folks, just hang in. We will be right back on the other side of the break. You're listening to America's Web Radio. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Quick Stakes, that's Q-U-I-K Stakes, are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quickstake.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of Quick Stakes. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's Quick Stakes, Q-U-I-K Stakes, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now. Hi, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. and listen to The Doctor's Lounge, where you get a private insight into the conversations that doctors have amongst themselves. Join us Thursday, 8 a.m. every week. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome back. You're listening to On Point uh, with Victor. I am Victor Armendariz. Uh, look, folks, I love hearing from you. Find me on Instagram, Radio Victor, Twitter, Radio Victor. Find me on Facebook as Victor Armendariz. Uh, all right, I've had about as much fun as with climate change as I can take today. 
Uh, so we're going to move on. I, I, let's do. I want to talk a little bit about Boeing. So look, uh, it's horrible what happened. The the, the crash with uh, Lion Air, the crash in Ethiopia. You know, a lot of good lives were lost, and and it could have been avoided. That you know, that's it's it's sad, but uh, it really really could have been avoided. But but on the other hand, I want to bring this up because it. It's not. This is not something where we need to start jumping down Boeing's throat. Um, now there are uh, some things they could do better for sure, um, but it's also not a panacea that we need to have in this country. Um, our pilots are the best trained pilots in the world, and there are seventy three seven three seven Maxes flying around the country, or they were flying around the country up until the ground stop. Um, and there was no issue. Now, the planes performed the same way as the problem that the Lion Air had and the Ethiopian airline had. Uh, but our pilots are trained so well that they know how to react. Um, and basically, if you're not familiar or, or up to speed, what what is happening is there there's a software change that, that – first of all, the 737 MAX is an unbelievable airplane. This plane can do a vertical climb that no other commercial plane can do. Uh, the performance is amazing. It is a little different. The engines are a little bit pushed up on the plane. It's a little bit longer of a plane. Uh, so there are a little design changes than the normal – than the older 737s. So because of those changes, it behaves different in the air. Um and the because of the behavior difference, some software was implemented that would help a pilot or a lesser trained pilot. The, the idea behind the software was to help a lesser third world, let's just say, type of pilot deal with the situation of the pitch. Because the, the airplane, any airplane will stall. If, if, if you don't have the right speed and you don't have the right pitch, you're stall danger. So what the 737 MAX would do... It has software that would kick in that would that would either pitch the nose up or it would pitch the nose down. It it basically would try to autocorrect. Now, if those sensors were not in sync and that plane's not in danger of stalling and it was being pitched down, you can you can see there's there's a problem. If your max speed takeoff speed and that computer's pitching that nose down, if you don't disengage it, you're going to fly the plane into the ground. So that's just a quick synopsis to catch you guys up to speed. But I'll bring Engineer Dave in here. Because he can probably elaborate a little more, but it was, I basically have the points. Uh, yeah, yeah, more or less. There, there's a couple things in there where, where we can we can talk about some of the nuances that may be a little bit different. Um, <clears throat> uh, like Vic said, the 737 uh, Max is is a newer, if we want to call it a newer generation of the existing 737 aircraft. Um, just just to kind of give you a little bit about my background, I am a degreed aerospace engineer. I am a pilot on the side, so. Uh, Vic, if I get a little technical, just bring me back to reality. Um, <laughs> Don't worry, I'll dumb it down. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, so the system that Vic was alluding to is called the MCAS. MCAS for for uh, all you uh, abbreviators Techies. out there, right? <laughs> so, um, for all you uh, Instagrammers out there, that that's that's abbreviation at its best. So, so like Vic said, the system uh, is designed to. Um, Essentially, uh, account for uh, a change in the what they call the aerodynamic center or the center of gravity uh, in the airplane <clears throat> after having moved the engines forward, mm-hmm. like Vic mentioned. So when they did that, it changed the the characteristics of the airplane to account for that. They added this augmentation system designed to pitch the nose down uh, if it was approaching uh, a stall configuration. So the way it works is. 
there are some sensors on the the front of the fuselage uh, that essentially are um, uh, reading the pitch of the aircraft, uh, and when those communicate that uh, a stall is maybe imminent, they send a signal to this MCAS system that uh, what it does is it, it adjusts the the horizontal stabilizer, and for those of you that are kind of wondering what that is, that is the, the tail portion of the aircraft that is horizontal or p- parallel to the ground uh, through what's called a jack screw mechanism. So what the jack screw does is it, um, just like it sounds, it's a screwing mechanism, and it sort of winches its way up and down, and it changes the pitch of the aircraft. So um, Right, so it's either going to put it in a nosedive or it's going right. to put it in a, in a, in a climb. And, and what happens is that if... If there's a false sense, uh, if there's a sensor that's that's not reading correctly, or or let's just say it's getting false information, that's where we come into the situation where it's putting that nose down, and a pilot's trying to figure out why can't I get this plane to come out of a nose? Right, right. So in this instance, I believe the way this is set up is, and it goes into how the how the aircraft is certified, uh, which goes goes into the training the training bit of it. Also, when you look into how new aircrafts are certified, uh, what they do is they take the systems and they kind of rank, uh, they have a system to rank uh, the the hazard level based on what would happen if that system failed. Mm-hmm. And so what they did was, I'm going to kind of give Boeing a black eye here, but, uh, and I trust me, I don't want to, because like, like Vic said, uh, he's a Boeing guy, I'm a Boeing yeah. guy. Um, but But, so what they did was, um, in the process of doing this, they 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 classified this system in such a way that it didn't require a redundant system. Okay, um, and so there is a redundant system on the airplane, but the way it's set up, it doesn't have to read but from one of them. And so, in the instance yeah. of one of these crashes, if you go and you look at the data of the two, the data is actually different. One of them was correct. One of them, it's almost like one of them was out of calibration. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Uh, essentially, what it was doing was it was sending signals to the airplane that it was telling it it was in a stall configuration. When in, that, when in reality, it, it was wasn't. not, and the pilots did not have the 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 training uh, to know how to disengage. Disengage it, so. and 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 on a and just so you know, and the older seven three sevens, when a pilot takes the yoke and starts to counter what the computer's doing, it'll diseng- it will disengage that system. Where on the Max, they replace that with a button. So you effectively, as a pilot, have to press the button to disengage the system. And this is where, you know, again, like you said, uh, Engineer Dave, we don't want to put a black mark on Boeing, but if there's culpability for for Boeing, it's in the maybe the lack of clarity on the training in the manual to tell, okay, this is how to disengage or, or this is what you need to do. And, again, our pilots are so well-trained it's in, it's instinctive for them. Well, so this is I was talking about this with somebody else. The you know you talked about the culpability in Boeing being the 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 training manual. So the interesting part is, <clears throat> excuse me, when you when you when you look at the the process of the certification, it the certification process when you look at it from a paper standpoint, it looks like they did exactly mm-hmm. what they were supposed to do. The problem came in when there was subjective judgment on failure rates. And how to classify the systems? That's where that's where it can, they can be made to have a little bit of a black eye because mm-hmm. that's what determines what kind of training you need on a on the new, on a new certification. So by playing semantics is what I was call, calling mm-hmm. it. Um, 
you know, on their on their hazard classification and maybe I don't want to say fudging. I mean, they're engineers just like I am. Um, but but uh, in doing that, uh, it changed the training requirement to become certified on that aircraft. So mm-hmm. um, while it, it, it wasn't necessarily the design, I think it, it went back to uh, the certification processes right. where I, I personally think mm-hmm. that they, they kind of went off course a little bit. And, and, it, and it came back to... And this is again. It goes back to our whole thing about following the money. Unfortunately, they were in a contest against Airbus's A three twenty Neo, I believe, mm-hmm. and they were trying to get their plane out there ahead of theirs. And and unfortunately, uh, when you start getting uh, financial skin in the game like that, uh, as I like to say, uh, your judgment can kind of be clouded, and decisions aren't always the best. Um, and, and and you know. Things well, like it, it comes down, and again, it and and again, it's 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 the training where our pilots no problem, but I don't think they took into account these other countries that just don't have the training. Look, our pilots have thousands of thousands of hours before they can get behind one of these planes, and in these other countries such as Ethiopia and uh, and Lion Airlines. They don't. Some of those pilots have less than a thousand hours, and they're getting behind the yoke of of these massive commercial airliners. And and without the standards that we have, now we have standards that are set really high, and for good reason. And so that's basically, in a nutshell, just just to bring it back to layman's terms, is is basically what happened. When, when, and what I believe the final showing is going to be that is just that lack of training. Of the pilots just they did not have the exact training to really, really react when when those pa- planes, because both the Lion plane and the Ethiopian plane was pitching up, pitching down, pitching up, pitching down, pitching up, pitching down, and then down. Um, in fact, the Ethiopian plane so far is showing that it was at max speed, beyond max speed. Yeah, I think I think when you go and you look at the the telemetry data that we do have to this point, it's it's indicative of the of the pilots and the crew sort of, if you want to call it, fighting the aircraft, fighting exactly, and then that's what they were doing. And um, so that's it in a nutshell. So the the point there is is there's no need to pile on the Boeing, and there's no need to worry about Boeing's success in the United States. Um, I'm flying on a Boeing tomorrow, so wish me the best. <laughs> so, but now, I, I, I like I said, I love Boeing. I have no fear from Boeing, and I and I think um, uh, Boeing's going to be just fine. Uh, airlines in this country are are the safest they've ever been. Um, we just need to probably help, and this is an area where I don't mind helping other countries elevate their their training program this is an area we can go in and help a country you know this is we can build bridges together by helping uh companies with their whether it be training or or flight hour whatever it is but this is an area that we as a country can 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 really really help with um but that that that's basically the in a nutshell unless you've got a couple of little things you wanted to add to it uh no i think i think that kind of well covered and i'm kind of with vic you know we don't want to we don't want to kind of give Boeing a bad name. They're they're an amazing company, um, and I think, like Vic said, I don't think we have anything to worry about here in the U.S. Our, our pilots are are the best in the business, and and, I, mm-hmm. and also, like Vic said, I, I think there is something to be said for for maybe thinking about doing some kind of cross training. Oh, absolutely, um, I, mm-hmm. I think that could go a long mm-hmm. way. Um, but uh, you know, if you can get to your if you can get to your office, especially here in Atlanta traffic, 
<laughs> that's far easier yeah you know, getting, getting on a, a boeing and, and right you know. it's safer to the flight i took this morning was safer than getting in my car and driving to this radio station in yeah. in many ways so well that's uh that's awesome i i but again you know that's that's i just wanted to do that because i love boeing and, and i don't uh i don't think they deserve too much of a black eye for this so uh but all right, now we're we're coming up to the end of the show, and I I wanted to I want to deviate completely off of politics. I I want to you know one thing I like to do every now and then is get into some good uh, off off politic talk, and I want to end this show with uh, a little bit of talk about Atlanta United. Uh, so I'm going to bring this a little local. So bear with me, listeners. I know I've got many of you listeners that are not in Georgia. But many of you listening do uh, do have a local soccer team, and I'm going to take a minute to talk about ours. Why? Because it's my show. Uh, so, look, I'm going to bring this local. I, Atlanta United, if you're a fan out there and you're worried about this team, because, I mean, I understand we, we, we tore it up last year. We are the MLS champions. Uh, we absolutely lifted the MLS league, uh, no doubt in my mind. Um, we, we, we elevated soccer in, the, in America with Atlanta United. Um, but hey, when you lose your best player, which we did, we lost Al Marone, uh, it's not a bad thing. He went off to the Premier League, which is an, an unbelievable opportunity. So, um, no one should have any, any, uh, bad feelings about Al Marone leaving. And then Tata Marino, our coach, unbelievable coach, again, did, a, did an unbelievable job in his two years here in Atlanta. Um, it's no wonder that somebody came and offered him a lot of money to go coach another team. Um, I don't blame him for that. Now he is the leader of a national team, a country national team. That That is a huge honor. Um, so I think it's great. So as a fan, Engineer Dave, as fans, I know you're a fan as well, we have to – we've got to give these the, the new coach a chance. I understand that people have been a little frustrated with him. But, hey, look, we've got a good team. We've got good players. Um, it's a new coach. Just as when you change the head of a company, things are going to change. So I think we just have to bear with Atlanta United, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna get some wins going. Yeah, I think uh, it's like other things. You have a little bit of new systems, couple new players here, a couple new players have gone, and you're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.